At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. I got a big heart. And I'm very forgiving, but, like, don't abuse it. It's been abused enough. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. Listen to the highly anticipated 100th episode of Tank and Jay Valentine's R&B Money Podcast with artist Chris Brown. Even working with you from Carrie Hilson, Adonis. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, I was 15, 14 doing that album. So like I said, I was in school like, yeah. okay, this is how you do it. This is how you make a song. There's a verse, a pre-chorus, and then a hook. I didn't know none of that. You learned I, that over a summer, bro. That's and what it felt like. That's what it felt like. Listen to R&B Money on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Drafted is a production of Treefort Media, Clutch Sports Group, and iHeartRadio. It's been 10 days since George Floyd was brutally murdered. How many times do we need to ask you to listen to your plans? What will it take for one of us to be murdered by police brutality? What if I was George Floyd? If I was George Floyd? What if I was George Floyd? 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 I am George Floyd. I am Breonna Taylor. I am Ahmaud Arbery. I am Eric Gardner. I am McCormick McDonald. I am Tamir Rice. I am Trayvon Martin. I am. Walter Scott. I am Michael Brown. Jr. I am Samuel Du Bois. I am Frank Smart. I'm Philip White. I am Jordan Baker. We will not be silenced. We assert our right to peacefully protest. It shouldn't take this long to admit. So, on behalf of the National Football League, this is what we, the players, would like to hear you state. We, the National, the National Football, Football League, League, condemn racism and the systematic oppression of black people. We, the National Football League, admit wrong and silencing our players from peacefully protesting. We, the National Football League, believe Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter. Black Black Lives Lives Matter. Matter. Welcome back to Drafted. You just heard the biggest stars in football. From 2019 Super Bowl MVP Patrick Mahomes, to 2018 Rookie of the Year Saquon Barkley, to this year's number two draft pick Washington rookie Chase Young. All of them featured in a rogue viral video demanding change in the NFL and our country. In previous episodes, we've gotten a unique look at the lives of eight athletes entering the National Football League. And now, in the final installment of this season of Drafted, these players are joining their teams and beginning their careers in the middle of a pandemic during a social revolution denouncing racial injustice, police brutality, and systemic oppression. People are protesting everywhere, during sporting events, and in the streets. For the first time in their careers, 
the eight NFL rookies we've been hearing from will have a major platform for their voices, one that has been shrouded in political controversy since 2016. It's almost a 360 going back to Kaepernick. That's Demarius Bilbo from Clutch Sports Group. Like when you have a guy that was as talented as he is and he stood up for something and or, or kneeled for something and end up not being employed anymore, you know, it, it puts fear in these guys. What began as a debate about kneeling during the national anthem turned into worldwide outrage over officers taking a much more horrifying knee on the neck of another man. I want justice for my brother, my big brother. That's Big Floyd. Everybody know who Big Floyd is now. Everybody going to remember him around the world. He's going to change the world. In death, George Floyd has become the symbol for action everywhere. His final words, I can't breathe, have been displayed on signs and chanted by crowds in solidarity protests across the globe. A world already turned upside down by the novel coronavirus became further disrupted by the tragedy in May, affecting politics, business, culture, and of course, sports. The George Floyd video is one of the most disturbing things that I've ever seen uh, personally. That's cornerback Bryce Hall, now with the New York Jets. The reality is just that, you know, I haven't experienced something to that kind of depth. And to see that for myself and internalize that was shocking. And it, it's a different thing when you hear about things, um, when you are taught things from other people or in school when you learn things um, versus actually being present during, in a situation, an environment where you see the whole thing unfold and manifest with your own eyes. You know, it's just, it just kind of a awakening and come to realization that this stuff is real. My dad, he grew up in Louisiana and he's kind of been exposed to some things along those lines. And some of the things that my dad talks about, you know, he's not just saying it just to say it, you know, it's, it's very real. Bryce's father wanted to shield his children from the racism he experienced in this country, a repeating occurrence he was certain his kids would also be subjected to. I have, so I have two older brothers, my blood brothers, um, Derek, and their names are Derek and Philip, and obviously my name's Bryce, but he had named us these names because he never wanted us to have a disadvantage if somebody were to look at our names and they couldn't tell if you know, who we are, but they just looked on paper and they wouldn't be able to racially profile. You know, they sound just like any other name, so they couldn't discriminate on the name. And I thought that was something that just kind of blew my mind. It was very interesting because I never knew that. And that's something that he shared with me recently. I grew up in the South in Louisiana. Bryce's dad, Michael Hall. So... My exposure to racism or a feeling of uh, Blacks being inferior or treated differently or whatever, I mean, that was a reality there. If you are a Black person, you defer to white people, and particularly older Black people were trained that way. One role model I had was a band director, Mr. Wilhite. 
in sixth grade, um, he was uh, a black man and he would come from the different, he would go to a couple of different schools and teach band. He came to school late and we were messing around and stuff, you know, as kids cutting up. He basically spanked all of us. And he told us, I want y'all to learn this lesson and never forget it. If you want to be treated, if you want to get equal treatment in this world, if you apply for a job or anything and you have to be twice as good just to get equal recognition and you never forget that. So that's why you can't afford to be wasting time, not practicing, not working, not doing your homework. And that lesson stuck with me. So I always realized that as a black person, I've got to try twice as hard just to get a fair break. And that's the injustice. That's the unfairness. That's what we've had to deal with. And Bryce, and he always felt like, well, things are different. I'm not getting treated differently. That was your world. That's not my world. But when you see what happened to George Floyd, no, the, your, my world is still exists. That world has never gone away. So I think that was like a bucket of cold water in his face to realize that, you know, things have changed, but they haven't changed that much. I've always been taught to stand up for yourself and stand up for what you believe in. That's Denver Broncos cornerback, Isang Bassi. If I see somebody treating my teammate, my classmate a different way, you know, that's going to affect me because they could easily turn that, that hate towards me or something, you know. So when I was younger, my parents would always be like, you know, not everybody's your friend. Be careful what you say around these people or act a certain way around these people because they don't, you don't want them to think something else than what it is. Similar to how Bryce didn't feel or experience the overt racism his dad warned him about on a day-to-day basis, Asang also didn't think the warnings applied to his daily existence. At least not until one night this past summer, while he was home, waiting to join his new team for training camp. I was in Atlanta, uh, literally around the corner, down the street from where Rashad Brooks was was shot and killed at, at that Wendy's. Um, less than a mile away, I was I was right there. And I remember having that conversation with my parents, the fear in their voices. And like I said, those things, when you see those things happen, that's when you start to realize, oh, this is what she was trying to tell me. This is what my dad was telling me about when I was growing up. This is what he means. This is what he meant by, you, you don't talk back to a police officer don't do this, don't, you know, carry yourself a certain way. So do everything in your power that no harm comes to you. And that's just how it is growing up as African-American. These are things that black people have been enduring for what, 400 years, these social injustices. It's just, it's like a, it's like that bad dream that you keep having. It's just, you keep having that same nightmare. Trayvon Martin was the first time that I really felt that and then you have all these other, Philando Castile, Alton Sterling, Eric Garner. Like I said, that bad dream keeps happening and happening and happening. George Floyd, you know, it, it keeps happening. Breonna Taylor, it keeps happening. That was an accident. It should have never happened. They were at the wrong house. She was not supposed to be killed. This is Garmay Mamalu, another member of Clutch Sports Group. So why didn't, why has no one done anything about that? 
that's that's what makes you feel like the experience of a black woman and a black man are different. The cops in that situation and Breonna Taylor's situation have yet to be arrested. Garmay is part of the team representing many of the top rookies joining the NFL, and she offers a rarely heard perspective in this predominantly male sports world. When you talk about and dissect the safety of what it means to be a Black woman in this place, when you don't feel protected, one, because of your sex, because the people that should be protecting you, you got to worry about them harming you. You see cops body slamming women. You hear about cops raping women that are taken into custody. You don't feel valued when you are constantly shown video of your life meaning nothing. You feel insignificant, you feel helpless. When you are a woman and you're sleeping in your bed and you die (laughs) and your cops are, your killers, your murderers are still walking, enjoying their life, you feel like nobody cares. So in the same way we are enraged and making sure what happened or whatever will happen with George Floyd's murderers, whatever happened to the men that murdered Ahmaud Arbery. I just want us to have that same concern and compassion for Breonna Taylor and every other woman who has lost her life at the hands of the same social injustices and the same knees on necks. A lot of times, sorry. A lot of times Black women are encouraged and forced to be strong. And it doesn't always seem like people see that we need to be soft too. And we need to be protected. And we need to be cared for. And we need justice. We go and march for our brothers. We go and make sure that their lives are never forgotten, that who killed them, whoever harmed them, we go and make sure that they go to court, go to jail, whatever needs to happen, we make that happen. As a woman, as a Black woman, I would love to see us make that happen for us. I'm sorry, I was not expecting to cry. (laughs) We'll be right back. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. i never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for deliverance. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. 
I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. <laughs> oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed, And to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. When you talk about the word hate, it doesn't have a color. Hate is a mindset. Rich Paul, head of Clutch Sports. It's something that's taught to you based upon an environment that you grew up in, a situation that you're going through. And then there's the other layer added to where color's added. Because as an individual, you have to have someone to take that hate out on. So here we are. This is the first time I feel like people are listening and the right steps are being taken. Is, will things happen overnight? No. Can you expect people to feel sorry for you? No. But we can take the steps. For me, it starts with better educating yourself all the way around the board. The only way the system could change is its leaders has to be willing to listen and want to change. I think seeing lives being taken the way they've been taken, that's almost like it's it's become so second nature to see these type things. Demarius Bilbo again. It puts the, the, the fear of God in me when I get pulled over or when I even see a police officer come behind me and you don't want to live like that. And I found this topic just occupying the, it affects the way I raise my son. It affects, you know, the way I move, like the way I jump. I mean, literally when I jump in my car now, I'm looking around in the car. I'm making, I'm checking my lights, making sure lights, because I don't want to get pulled over. You know what I'm saying? I'm just, it just, it just, it, it, it completely changes everything and how you move. And you know what I'm saying? I love being a, a black man, you know, uh, and you know, but it, it's some days that I wake up and I'm just like, when is this gonna hit home? You know what I'm saying? When is it gonna? You know, because like I like I said, I've been pulled over by cops and I've seen and I'm a big dude. I've seen the fear and I, I kind of get emotional even talking about it because it, it sucks, man. It's just it's something that, you know, like you have kids, you don't even want to raise kids. Like I, we talked about having another kid at one point. It's like you don't even want to bring another kid in the world, man. For Demarius, it's not just the fear of what might happen. It's about what has already happened and what continues to happen. The community I live in, I'm the only African-American family in my community. 
it was hard for me to move into this neighborhood, million dollar homes in this neighborhood, and see everybody. I moved my family here for a reason. And then all the windows in the front of my home were busted. To have my home vandalized to that extent and uh, to see the camera pick up the white kids' faces, multiple white kids' faces, and no arrest being made, and it just kind of like goes away. But it's hard for me to walk this neighborhood and blame everybody for that, right? For that one person's actions, because I have, for, for a moment, I was bitter. I was mad. I was like, man, I moved my family here because it's a beautiful neighborhood, great school systems, and we have a lovely home just like everybody else on the block, you know, but why my home? And then you start to kind of look at yourself and they don't know me. They don't know, you know, my heart. They don't know my family. And this is how we're welcome to this neighborhood, if that's what it was. But it was hard for me to believe that someone didn't intentionally do this to my home because I had just been here for a couple of months. And, um, but again, I don't judge a whole race of people for one person's actions because I know how that feels to be prejudged before you even get in a room with people. Uh, and that's what coming from Mall's Point allowed me to do. It allowed me to see a very diverse people. Demarius grew up in Moss Point, Mississippi, a place where he earned high school All-American accolades in football and baseball. But that athletic success didn't change how people in the area saw him. I grew up in Moss Point, Mississippi, a really small town on the Gulf Coast of uh, Mississippi. I mean, it's a, a hop from Mobile, Alabama, and I had my fair share of run-in with people with Confederate flags on their trucks and throwing bottles out of the window at me when I was running, just trying to get a workout in, or, you know, being in the middle of a baseball game and second baseman calling me the N-word and, you know, things like that. So I've seen my share of, of, of racism, but that doesn't breed hate in my heart. Um, after the George Floyd thing, obviously there were a lot of situation from Trayvon Martin, uh, Philando Castillo, to all these people who have before George Floyd, but to finally see it and have that that moment where that could have been a friend, a brother, a, a cousin, it made it more realistic. What it made it real because that man' life was taken right in front of all our eyes. So, you know, I've had players again going back to that 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 John Lewis quote. You know, that's not fair. That's not right. That's unjust. You know, we have to do something about it because it's our moral obligation. Just five weeks after George Floyd's death, we lost Congressman John Lewis, the trailblazing civil rights legend from Georgia, a leader in this movement, and many of the others that came before. The late congressman, often referred to as the conscience of Congress, regularly spoke on this inherent obligation. Stand up. Speak up. When you see something that is not right, not fair, not just, you have a moral obligation to do something, to say something, and not be quiet. As Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said, hate is too heavy a burden to bear. Yeah, we have come a distance. We made a lot of progress as a nation and as a people, but we're not there yet. Congressman Lewis participated in this fight since the 1960s, when Americans last experienced protests of this magnitude, led at the time by Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. You know, as I, I look to, to people who have been through so much adversity but have made a huge difference. That's Bryce Hall again. 
Martin Luther King, one of the things he's famous for saying is, you know, darkness can't drive out darkness. Only light can do that. And the same with hate. You can't drive out hate with hate. It takes love. And so I, be I truly believe that's the answer. You know, what I'm trying to model is having to move with love first. And, you know, that's not the easiest thing, but, you know, it's, it's a commandment because, you know, that's what one thing we are called to do. And if we could ever get that right, I think we will see a huge impact and a huge difference on everything that we're seeing. We'll be right back. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I've never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So... How'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily Podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As bad as it sounds, you know, I'm glad that conversation is being had. I'm glad people are starting to realize that change needs to happen. Once again, is saying Bassey. Football was taken away. People are starting now to focus on things outside of just what they go through in their daily lives, their daily routine, and are starting to realize that other people around them, even the people closest to them, could be going through things 
and, and are affected by these, these events. And people are starting to be more considerate towards that. And conversations are being had that, that haven't happened before. And people are trying to implement change into how we operate. So just like I said, uh, I've been growing up with it. I've been living it like my whole life. I'm glad people's eyes are starting to open up. And now other people, it's like other people are starting now to, you know, see into to what, what's been going on. It's not always easy, you know, I'm not gonna sit here and say that I've always done that and I've always, even though that's what's been in my heart, but that's something I'm learning like as a leader and some, something that um, needs to be done is understanding that, you know, one of the, I think one of the things I'm really learning, especially during these times is no matter what you do, I mean, like, you can be the most kind person, you can smile, you can just care for people, but regardless of that, there's going to be some somebody who just this, you're not always going to be able to please everybody is what I'm trying to get at. And so then it comes down to standing for your core and what you believe in, and to your point of saying, when you see something, saying something. And that's very, very true because like a lot of times we don't because of the you know, it's easier to avoid conflict and it's easier to let something slide. But I mean, part of being of leadership is stepping outside that comfort zone and, and understanding that you got to stand for your convictions. And if you don't, you know, um, my my wife like loves to remind me. That wife is Enzel Villun, who said yes to Bryce's proposal last episode. They're now happily married. My wife loves to remind me, if you don't stand for anything, you'll fall for everything. And so that's one of the areas that I'm growing in, but that's absolutely something I believe in my core is, is, is that it's, if you see something, you say something. Do something, say something. Don't stay quiet in the face of injustice. John Lewis's message is more important than ever. Our foremothers and our forefathers brought us to this place. Maybe our foremothers and our forefathers all came to this great land in different ships. But as the late A. Philip Randolph said on one occasion, we are all in the same boat now. And we must look out for each other and care for each other. You're never too young or too old to lead, to speak up, to speak out, and get in good trouble, necessary trouble. You cannot afford to stand on the sideline. We're seeing history unfold. Demarius Bilbo again. And things are, are changing. But the thing about the civil rights movement, it wasn't a week thing, it wasn't a month thing, it wasn't a year thing. It went on and on and on until things changed. And I think that's what we have to understand, that we have to keep the consistency going. You know, yeah, it might start off with, with riots and marches and things like that at first. That's the attention grabber. But at some point, what do we drive all that momentum towards getting things changed and finding solutions? Here's Garmay Mamalu again on what she sees firsthand from NFL players and what needs to happen next. Those black men, those strong black men that I know that are in the league, the ones that stand for something that 
want to use their platform to highlight those things. They haven't let up. They're not. They're always going to be vocal about injustices. You have people like Eric Reed, who has not stopped. He was right there kneeling with Colin Kaepernick, and he has not stopped using his voice, using his platforms, using his social media, whatever is necessary to keep the Black Lives Matter message going, the importance of understanding and highlighting social injustices until they are no longer injustices. There are a lot of situations that I, unfortunately, we can go back in history and like, it's like, it's repeating itself. But one of my favorite quotes is, lessons are repeated until lessons are learned. We haven't learned our lesson yet. I think that we should 100% still be like, out there using whatever that means for you whatever protesting means for you if it means marching if it means not spending money in certain places if it means signing petitions and organizing petitions if it means posting links if it means going out and making sure the um the protesters have water whatever it means for you to make sure that this message and this mission does not die down i feel like you should still be doing that Every 2020 NFL rookie faces a decision. Do they want to carry the torch of protesting and activism in professional sports? Beyond the well-known examples like Muhammad Ali fighting against war and racism and for civil rights, there's Tommy Smith and John Carlos stand at the 1968 Olympics, waiting for their medals on the podium, fists clenched above their heads in protest against racial discrimination. Jackie Robinson calling out Major League Baseball for its lack of black managers on the 25th anniversary of his debut with the Brooklyn Dodgers. And Colin Kaepernick, bona fide star, striving to use his newfound platform to call attention to police brutality and racial inequality, and losing his career as a result. But the tide may have turned. We, the National Football League, condemn racism and the systematic oppression of black people. This is Commissioner Roger Goodell on June 5th. We, the National Football League, admit we were wrong for not listening to NFL players earlier and encourage all to speak out and peacefully protest. We, the National Football League, believe Black Lives Matter. The NFL's brightest stars stood up and said something, and their league responded. In what is being described as a stunning reversal of policy and a bellwether for the national conversation and movement, the NFL changed its position. And this novel support creates an opportunity and a huge responsibility for these young players entering the league. Because we look at our athletes as role models and we listen to their voices in the media because sports can bring us together. They can help pave the way forward. We all have a platform, no matter how big or how small. Demarius Bilbo again. You know, if you can go to war with your brother in a football game for four quarters and you can play a nine-inning baseball game with me, then you should be able to fight this fight with me. And I think that's when people will start seeing the change with NASCAR, right when they decided to remove the, the Confederate flag. A scene as a, a all-white sport being really diversifying with bringing a guy like Alvin Kamara and you got a, a young kid from Atlanta with dreads and a nose ring, you know, out there waving a flag at NASCAR. It's a beautiful thing to see. And... Uh, I think what we need to do is just share a bit of our world with, with different people. Just bring them in our world as we're going in their world. And I think when you have that perspective, you have a different understanding. You have to tear some of those walls down to, 
to build some positive things back up. And from what I've been seeing, uh, that's, it, it looks as if it's going in the right direction. The future depends on the Alvin Kamaras waving a green flag at Bristol Motor Speedway. It depends on the Patrick Mahomeses and Deshaun Watsons demanding change in a viral video. It rests on the Bryce Halls, the Chase Youngs, the Asang Bassies, the Tremaine Ancrums and Jeff Okudas, the LaVisca Chenaults, and the Keyshawn Vaughns and the Mackay Beckton's. Because we look to our athletes as role models and we listen to their voices in the media, sports can bring us together and help pave the way forward and can inspire young people all over the country to stand up, speak up, and speak out, refusing to remain on the sidelines. We're at a time where our, our country and our world is really getting shaken. And when that happens, a lot of times, and, and when I relate this to my own life, and when storms of life come, you really have to rely on your foundation. And that's what you've, what's inside you. And I believe America is a strong country. But whenever you go through things that shake you at your core and shake your foundation and shake everything that you know and you believe, it takes something like a crushing before we can get to the point of where we can grow and, and get better. And, you know, that's one of the reasons I feel like I've been put on this earth is to help um, be a part of the hope and be a part of a difference being made. Because I truly believe that, like, everybody was born for uh, such a time as this. Nobody's here on accidents. And yes, I do believe there's hope. I absolutely believe there's hope. Drafted is a production of Treefort Media, Clutch Sports Group, and iHeartRadio. The executive producers are Kelly Garner, Lisa Ammerman, Eric Salat, Sean Tatone, L. Key, and me, Keegan-Michael Key. The series is produced and written by Eric Weiner. Jared Brom is our coordinating producer. Tom Monahan is our senior audio engineer. Mixed and edited by Steven Johnson. Additional production help from Tim Schauer, June Rosen, and Haley Mandelberg. For transcripts of the show and more information on Drafted, go to treefort.fm. And for more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. I got a big heart. And I'm very forgiving, but like, don't abuse it. It's been abused enough. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. 
Listen to the highly anticipated 100th episode of Tank and Jay Valentine's R&B Money Podcast with artist Chris Brown. Even working with you from Carrie Hilson, Adonis. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, I was 15, 14 doing that album. So like I said, I was in school like, yeah. okay, this is how you do it. This is how you make a song. There's a verse, a pre-chorus, and then a hook. I didn't know none of that. You learned I, that over a summer, bro. That's what I, it felt like. That's what it felt like. Listen to R&B Money on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts.